Have you ever wanted to dive deeper into the philosophies behind modern-day politics? Then don't miss the newest episode of Meet the Experts, where I talk with the creators of the Giants of Political Thought audio series. Available now wherever you get your Howie Car Show podcasts. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We've got Toby Leary coming up at 2.20, and I know people are excited to get their questions, any of their Second Amendment gun-related questions answered by Toby. And there are a few things, though, that I wanted to discuss before then, and there are people on the lines who have their own topics in mind. So let's start with a caller. Let's go to Nick. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. What's going on, Nick? How you doing, Grace? Uh, in, in connection with the uh, illegal alien situation, uh, which was a large part of of an effect on the, our economy, by the way. It's synonymous with the economy, if, if anyone is not paying attention. Well, in the South Shore here, three things have happened. Uh, in the town of Norwell, uh, a few months ago, uh, they're rezoning some, some land because the state was after it to put in uh, affordable housing, okay, um, near transit areas, okay. We have a state MBTA housing law. That you're supposed to comply with, okay. right? I'm I'm from Milton, so I'm very, I'm very well versed oh, yeah. in this. Well, not very well versed, but the, the next yeah. one is Weymouth. Uh, there's a big place called Weymouth Landing. It's on the Weymouth and Braintree line. There's a uh, a large amount of housing that's been built there, um, and they the developer just recently wanted to take more land, and the the mayor. Um, uh, uh, vetoed, vetoed that measure. I'm not sure how long that veto will hold for the same reason. Milton, of course, what's just happened is um, they had like four or five uh, transit areas, five or six transit areas there. I don't even know where the seawall is, by the way, because they're now taking away funding for something called the seawall. Well, Nick, one thing I will say is a, a big part of the transit conversation in Milton is that the trolley that they always refer to is not rapid transit. I've seen the trolley in action, and I don't think it really qualifies as that. So that's also, that's just another piece of the puzzle to this conversation. Uh, but go ahead. And, well, and the big thing is this. So they, so they, um, uh, uh, the state is now on top of taking away the funding for something called the seawall, right? Where they're now, they are now suing uh, uh, Milton for defying the uh, MBTA housing law. So this is something that's going to happen all over the state. So anybody that's a homeowner, or, excuse me, wants to buy a home, think about not living in a city. I was in Quincy, great city growing up. I, I, I will not, you know, besmirch them at all. But it's just too big, right, and uh, unaffordable. So we moved to Weymouth. Uh, which I always admired because it was a town. I like town. I like the town form of government. I love to hear them argue because most of the people in the town have common sense, and the common sense usually works out. But when you sell your soul to five or six or seven councilors and you become a city, right? That's what, unfortunately that's what's happened to Wayman here. It's not going to go the way you'd like it to go, especially in these times. And thank you very much. Yeah, Nick, thank you for the call. I appreciate it, especially in this two o'clock hour, getting some local stuff in. And you're right. I mean, I've heard from so many people in Milton. That's that's really the area 
obviously I live there and that's a, a question that I took a lot of interest in. Um, I voted no. And I've heard through the grapevine that Healy is livid. She's absolutely livid that the residents in Milton didn't go along with this MBTA zoning plan and all of this housing that they had planned to build there. And I, I asked a, a neighbor of mine, I said, there's a lot of yes signs. What are the yes people thinking? And I wasn't saying it to, to be rude because there was a lot of productive conversations going on. But I said, well, what is the mindset there? And this neighbor of mine, this friend of mine said, well, they're scared about losing the funding, as Nick just mentioned. And also they're convinced that we can get the funding and that no one in Milton is going to sell. And no one's going to sell their property and then have their property torn down and built up to these like giant, you know, um, apartment complexes or anything like that. And right there, I kind of went, I don't know. I mean, you can love your town. And if you get offered a good amount of money to hit the road, then I think there's a lot of people who would sell again. Is this something that I know everything about? No. And there's trust me, I've been on the Facebook pages for this stuff. People are very passionate about that question. But the fact is. More no votes turned out than yes votes. And Maura Healy, rather than just say, okay, this is not something Milton wants, she's now saying, oh, we're, we're not going to give him funding for this. We're going to take away these grants. And I'm sure it's not, like Nick said, it's not going to be the last we hear of this. Because if Maura Healy wants it, if the Democrats want it and we're in Massachusetts, they're not going to stop until they get it through. Uh, 844-500-4242. Now, something else I wanted to talk about. How's this for a headline? Republicans would crush the IRS. You know what we're going to do? We're going to play a little Mad Lib game here. Jared, I'm going to give you the first half of this headline, and I'm going to let you try to finish it off. And just full disclosure for everyone, he has not seen this headline. We did not talk about this off the air. Republicans would crush the IRS by what, Jared? What are we going to do to the IRS that is going to crush it? What is the MAGA right trying to do to the IRS that has put it in such danger of being crushed. Um, repealing the 87,000 new agents? I wish. I wish. No. Ready? Republicans would crush the IRS by forcing its workers back into the office. What? And this isn't like vice. This is the hill. It says, in the bustling corridors of power where the future of American governance is debated, a new battlefield has emerged that is surprisingly intimate yet profoundly important. The workspaces of federal employees, the IRS, a cornerstone of the federal apparatus, finds itself at the epicenter of this debate as Republican leaders wield sharp critiques against its telework policies. This controversy is not just about where IRS employees plug in their laptops. Rather, it is a microcosm of the broader ideological clash over the size and scope of government in our lives. I think it's actually more of a conversation about remote work because this is a really polarizing. And I'll tell you this. I listen to this podcast, right? It has nothing to do with politics. It's a really fun podcast. Yeah, I'll give them a plug. It's not that they need it. They're huge, but it's the toast. It's just two girls. They talk about pop culture, um, two women, and they're really funny. And one time they brought up remote work and they were just riffing about it and saying, you know, I think people do better when they're back in the office. They said it was the most polarizing topic they'd ever brought up. Like, you would have thought they were talking about Trump versus Biden. The way people were just infuriated at the conversation on both sides. Like, people were just, but mostly on the side of people who had worked from home and thought they were going to be forced to go back into the office. They were livid. And I think that in this case, yes, we'd all love the, the size of government to be reduced, 
But it's more so, hey, if we're paying for people to be, if you're going to, they, they want all these people in the IRS. They're telling us they need 87,000 new agents. The least they can do is go into the office, I would say. Is it, yeah, but, if that's what it takes to get rid of the IRS, let's do it. Whatever cripples the IRS, I am Listen, on board for. I was all on board for crushing the IRS. I did not know this was the way to do it. I didn't know this was the way to go about it. To crush the IRS, you just have to say, hey, guys, it's time to head back into the office. Interesting stuff, though. Just wanted to keep people abreast of that. Um, and one other thing I wanted to discuss here before we turn it over to Toby in the next segment. There was a, a bit of tension. And I believe this was yesterday, Jared, and it was between Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, who's a Marine. She was a great candidate and she won. She was a Trump lady um, and she's a really strong black woman. I really like her. And she was they were going about their business yesterday in Virginia and they're they met up and they were having a, a meeting with senators. And she said yes, sir, to a transgender senator danica rome now we're gonna play this jared has his theory on it and i tend to agree with you but let's play the cut that caused this senator to storm out of the chambers this is cut eight purpose this is the senator from prince william rise madam president rise for parliamentary inquiry the senator may state it madam president how many votes will be what it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause that would be four-fifths senator and what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir, that would be 32. The question is, shall the bill pass? Those in favor of that motion will record their votes aye. Those opposed, no. Are the senators ready to vote? All right, so Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears comes back later. And or she doesn't come back. She doesn't leave. But this is what she said. Well, they, they called the recess after that. I don't think she even realized, Jared, what had happened. No, I don't think she did either. So for a visual, uh, Denica Rome, the senator, gets up and leaves. And then a couple other people, presumably fellow Democrats, get up and walk out so as they, they're trying to conduct business. And she's sort of looking around like, what's going on? They called for a five minute recess. Someone must have filled her in and said, yeah. hey, you ticked off Senator Rome by calling her or by saying yes sir yes instead sir. of yes ma'am or yes they I, I i don't know what pronouns or i don't know how it works but you've ticked off senator senator rome so this is what virginia Lute, and i and this is where jared and i were discussing it i don't think that was her intention i think if you watch the video she's not even really looking at the senator she's tabulating the votes they have she says yes sir it's kind of just a knee-jerk thing. I've yeah, done I mean, this that's, before. That's a that's a phrase that's used a lot in the South. Yes, sir. You know, I use it a lot, and I'm not even yeah. from the South, so I think she was just saying it without really thinking. And then she got wind of all of this controversy, and this is what she said when she came back. This is Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears cut nine. I am not here to upset anyone. I am here to do the job that the people of Virginia have called me to do. And that is to treat everyone with respect and dignity. I myself have at times not been afforded that same respect and dignity. But in this body, and as long as I am president of the Senate, and by the grace of God, I will be treated with respect and dignity, and I will treat everyone else with respect and dignity. 
I think that's a great response because she's not apologizing, but she's making it clear that there was no intent behind what she said. Now, here's the other part of this that I find amazing, and this is where the Jeopardy comes in. The other night I was watching Jeopardy, and they're doing this tournament of champions, and then they have the wild card. It just goes on and on and on and on. It's fine. It doesn't even matter because it's all the same game, so who cares? But you start to see the same contestants over and over again. And there's a contestant named Deb Bilodeau. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation of her last name, but her, her name's Deb. And I've noticed that Ken Jennings refers to Deb as they. So I hope I'm correct here when I say that means that Deb is non-binary. And Ken Jennings makes a point of saying they, 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 they. And I've noticed it over time because it's hard. It's hard to do that and not slip into he or she. In conversation. But Ken Jennings makes a point of it because he probably knows if I don't do this, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble on Twitter, online, on social media. Anyway, you might be saying to yourself, why are you bringing this up? Well, there was a question the other night and there was a photo, okay? And the photo was of Scott Hamilton, who is a U.S. male figure skater. And Deb buzzes in and says, who is Mary Lou Retton? And the audience kind of goes, and then Ken Jennings says, no, that's Scott Hamilton. And Deb is mortified and goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Later, goes to break, comes back, and Deb says, oh, I just want to apologize to to Scott Hamilton. I don't have my glasses on. But it was all in good fun. It was all ha, 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 no big deal. You made a mistake. And my point is, Deb, and this isn't a dig at Deb either because she they seem like they're there and they do a really good job and they're playing the game well but my point is is that deb is the pronoun they use for deb is they and if you made a mistake i'm sure you get eaten alive online if you misgender deb but deb in jeopardy confused mary lou Retton and scott hamilton And it was funny. It wasn't, no one thought, oh, she had ill intent here. No one thought she was trying to be a mean person. No one stormed off the set of Jeopardy. It was just, whoops, I made a mistake. Sorry, Scott Hamilton, LOL. People were online laughing about it. So it's just, it's in certain situations, people are so ready to assume the worst and assume that everyone's there to hurt your feelings. And I think what's very clear from listening to Winsome Sears is that she was not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. She probably didn't even dawn on her. But I'm noticing that we don't give grace. It's like if you want to be called something or you want people to form to to bend to whatever your preferences are and somebody makes a mistake or somebody doesn't behave the way you want them to, you storm out. It's like take a beat. Have a little bit of patience with people. Don't assume the worst just because she's a Republican doesn't mean she's out to get you. Yeah, and we're actually not going to have time to take uh, Tom's call because we're moving into a Tuesday, but he's, he brings up a point, which I'm assuming. The Marines say yes, sir, all the time. It's a, it's a response. It's just a natural response to oh. anything. So, yes, sir. Yeah, like, it's an ingrained response, and that's probably part of it as well. Yes, yes. Thank you, Tom. Sorry we won't have time to take your call. All right, well, when we come back, we're going to talk to Toby Leary. We'll take all your questions for Toby, so don't go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Toby Leary, thank you so much for coming on the show, sir. We have a lot of people on the lines who want to talk to you, so I'm not going to waste any time here. Let's start with KP. You're first up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, KP. Hey, KP. Uh, Toby, I just wanted to say hi um, and uh, get off the chat for once and actually talk to you because I never see you at the shop lately. But um, I was down there Sunday with my wife. We went down for a couple of hours of shooting. My um, my brother-in-law and his wife, new new LTC holders, uh, live in Plymouth also. They, I introduced them to CGW um, a couple weeks ago. They love it. They're, they're hooked. Um, and one thing that I noticed, um, it was the most couples um, I've ever seen in the range at one time, like shooting together. Like besides besides mm-hmm. my wife and I and my brother-in-law and his wife, there was uh, there was a couple in the in the lane right next to us. There was, I think, another couple on the on the fire end, and it was just like, when we were coming and going, there was, <laughs> there was couples coming and going together. It was just like, it's like, it really gives me hope. You know, uh, I, I think more, more people, um, more people are getting into it. I don't know how many of them were uh, new shooters besides my brother-in-law and his wife, but, um, it was just, it was nice to see, like my wife and I talked about it all the way home. Like it was just really awesome seeing that many couples there together. Um, I just want to let you know that and, and tell you, tell you, uh, yeah. you know, Person. Have you found that to be the case, Toby? Is there an uptick in in, in couples going to Cape Gunworks? Yeah, um, it's it's funny he pointed that out because I had just been thinking the same thing. Saturday, I worked all day in the shop and noticed that the same thing: a ton of people coming in as couples. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny because the story goes that you have to hide. You know, we talk about the gun smuggle, like. Uh, Grace, block your ears. I'm talking to Will for a minute here that, you know, when you leave for work, you bring an empty case with you and say, I might hit the range or something on the way home. And uh, then you stop by the gun store and you fill it and you bring it home and stick it in the case. Ah, no, I just ended up coming home. Didn't go to the range, but whatever. I'm just joking around that uh, that was the good old days, right? Nowadays, couples are coming in together and I'm finding that, you know, women have always been the chief decision maker around money in the family, as far as I can see, or at least the majority of them, they, they tell the husband when it's okay to, to buy something, you know, that's a, that's a purchase outside of, um, you know, the necessities like food and whatever, a lot of times. And we joke about this and we've even talked about, you know, we'll print a receipt for you that shows what you want to tell your wife you paid for the gun that you're buying. But uh, the truth of the matter is, (laughs) that the women and men are coming in together and they're both interacting and enjoying the whole process. And I find women to be more oftentimes ready to buy and the men going, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. And the oh, I like, like, hey, I like this trend, go. Toby. Good for the women out there. Hold on. We'll be right back. We got full lines for Toby Leary. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We are lucky enough to be joined by Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. And a lot of the listeners are frequent visitors of Cape Gunworks. And some people just have questions for Toby regarding the Second Amendment, regarding legislation in this state and in other states. 
and regarding certain types of guns they want to get. So we're going to get back to your questions in just a second here. I want to do the poll question really quick. Today, today's poll question is brought to you by J.J. Manning Auctioneers. Whether residential, commercial, or land, J.J. Manning can get your property sold now. To learn more, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or visit jjmanning.com. With over 16,000 sales and satisfied clients, you can be the next one. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is what's a bigger liability for Joe Biden, his handling of the border or his age slash capabilities? I think his handling of the border is a bigger liability. And I think that not just because of the stories we're seeing like Lake and Riley and other horrible, horrible tragedies that are occurring, but also because the media seems more comfortable at this point acknowledging his age as opposed to acknowledging the disaster on our border. And I think it's because they know the age stops with him, whereas the border issues transcend Joe Biden and they're more indicative of the ideology of the entire Democrat Party, the entire left wing. And so that's the part of this that I think is more of a liability for Joe is the border. Yes, yeah, 67% of the audience agrees with you. Handling of the border is the bigger liability. All right, now let's go to Jerry. You're next up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Jerry. Hey, guys. Hey, Toby. Thanks for taking the call. Um, so I own a Fabrique National 9mm, and I love the gun. It is really consistent. But I I don't think it lends itself to be a personal carry. I think the dimensions and the weight, uh, for me personally, are just it's just not a fit for me to carry, right? So I'm looking for recommendations for something as a personal carry weapon. Yeah. So if you're familiar with the FN, uh, which is like, a, is yours the Browning High Power, or is it like a more modern gun, like a 509 uh, or it's something like, like that? What are you carrying? Okay, the 509. Um, those are great guns. They do make that in a compact, and I'm still waiting for their new one, the Reflex, to um, come out on the mass-approved weapons roster. Unfortunately, uh, (laughs) we all know how slow things are to get added to that. But I would say if you're familiar with those guns, they're great guns, the the 509, um, and something smaller, I'd look at the Shield Plus. Um, I'd look at the... 365, the SIG 365, the Shield Plus is the Smith & Wesson gun. You can also look at the uh, Smith & Wesson Equalizer, which is a really nice gun. It takes the Shield Plus magazines, but it's also optic ready. You can get the Shield Plus optic ready as well. Um, Those are a couple of good ones. And then there's also like the uh, Ruger Max 9 or the uh, Springfield Hellcat. Those are kind of all subcompact, every good everyday carry guns that are striker-fired. Out of the four I listed, I think you can only get the Shield Plus and the Hellcat without the thumb safety, the, uh, unless you kind of build your own 365. The mass-compliant version has a thumb safety, and so does the Max 9, the Ruger Max 9. So I prefer a gun without a thumb safety. So I'd look at the Hellcat and the uh, Smith uh, Shield Plus as a good place to Start, Jerry, and just see what fits good in your hand, and and uh, they're all about the same size, and they all hold ten rounds. They're all nine millimeters, so uh, yeah, that'd be a good place to start. And you can shoot all of those 
on our range down at Cape Gunworks in a try before you buy. If you want to check them out here, make a day of it. Come on down. We'd love to have you. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Let's go to Peter. You're next up with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Peter. Hello. I'm a New Hampshire resident and a snowbird, so I drive back and forth to Florida all the time. And I'm going through states like New York and New Jersey. And I was wondering if I got, I'm always caught carrying at all times. And I'm wondering if I got caught in one of those states, do you think I could ask for an ambassador from the United States? Because these are foreign countries. They're, you know, the uh, Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But in those states, it says the privilege to keep and bear arms shall be infringed. What do you think? I wish I could give you some hope with regards to that. Um, Unfortunately, you're right. These are foreign countries. They do not observe the uh, Constitution of the United States, and uh, they infringe upon your rights heavily. So you have to run the gauntlet from New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, all the usual suspects, Maryland, is probably hostile. I don't know if you drive through there, but um, until you get to the free state of uh, Florida, you're leaving freedom and ending up in freedom. Uh, The problem is you've got to go through hostile territory to get there. My recommendation um, would be to unload the gun and lock it secure in in a case while you're running the gauntlet. And then, you know, once you get to free America, you can, you can put the gun back on your body and then you put direct control and possession. Uh, that's the only safe advice I can give you. Um, hopefully someday this isn't the way, but as of right now, unfortunately, the Second Amendment is treated as a second-class right to all the other enumerated rights, and, and unfortunately, uh, you will go to jail if you get caught with a gun on your body and on your person in some of those states. So. They have zero tolerance for that in, in New York, New Jersey, et cetera. So good luck with that and have fun down in Florida. All right. Thank you. Let's go to Steve. You're up next with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, hope all is well. Um, I have a question about the uh, bill, um, the HD 4139, and I was going to buy uh, a Smith & Wesson uh, 1522 Um and then I was also going to buy a uh, Smith & Wesson uh, FPC fold-up and maybe thinking of also the Ruger um, takedown. And I was wondering what this bill uh, is going to do to me if, uh, if I buy one now. Will, I, uh, you know, will it be uh, banned? Or do you know anything about that, Toby? Yeah, I think that, um, A, you should get what you want now and not necessarily worry about what the final language of the bill is going to be. Um, the It's all over the roadmap from complete ban on guns like you just mentioned to uh, legacy provisions for people who bought them lawfully and legally prior to when the bill goes into effect and uh, everything in between. So um, you can't just predict what it's going to be. I will say this, that I think that legislators have less tolerance for making good people criminals overnight than you think. So I don't think that the everyday legislator, senator, and and representative is happy about that type of language being in that bill. And hopefully that type of language will be stripped out in conference committee 
and we'll have something that's a little more bearable, even though it's still unconstitutional, but the gun of, of government won't be leveled against uh, lawful people just for waking up one day and having done nothing different than the day before and being a felon overnight. So um, I wouldn't make any decisions based on the legislation that's pending. I would get what you want, get it now while you can, and uh, the, there will be a way to keep it. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. And uh, even if there isn't, I think that would be a good time for 600,000 Massachusetts gun owners to say, not one more inch and we will not comply. So uh, good luck with that. And uh, <laughs> uh, that would be a good thing for us to have, a, a good patriotic pioneer spirit once again. But, um, you know, I don't think that, we're going to need to do that as it relates to this this particular bill. I'm a little confident of that. Let's say that. All right, let's go to so Ed. You're you're up next with Toby Leary. Go ahead, Ed. Hey guys, uh, I'm on speakerphone. Is that all right? You sound good. Okay. Uh, so my question is, I got a uh, friend of mine as a uh, second gen uh, Glock, lives in Rhode Island. Uh, wants to trade with me for uh, 22 that I have, yet I live in Mass. Um, my question is, can I, first of all, can I own a Glock? And how would I, and if I could, how do I go about uh, making that transition? Yeah, excellent question, Ed. Um, the good news for you is the second generation Glocks are lawful and legal for purchase in the state of Massachusetts because they predate the Band-Aid. So, um, that gun could be transferred to a gun store like ours, Cape Gunworks, where we would then go ahead and do the transfer to you. So um, the only way to de- do deals across state lines as it relates to handguns is through FFLs. And um, I get a lot of people that will get a gun that's not on the approved weapons roster or it doesn't meet the attorney general's regulations shipped into my store. And I have to give them the bad news that we can't complete the transfer. But Gen 2 Glocks up to some Gen, Gen 3 Glocks are are legal for us to transfer. And by the way, uh, your question was, can I own it in this state? The good news is you can own whatever pistol you want in this state. It doesn't matter what brand, whether it's on a government list or not. You can own it. The question is, how do you get it if you can't go to a gun store and get it? So, uh, but through private transfer or people who move here with guns that aren't on, on our approved weapons roster, it is perfectly legal to own those guns as long as it doesn't violate the assault weapons ban or the high capacity magazine ban. And they're hopefully going to be challenging that soon as well. Uh, we'll have oral arguments in some of those cases, up, uh, you know, pretty soon, hopefully. But um, the bottom line is, yeah, so you would ship your gun down to a Rhode Island gun dealer and he would ship his up to a Massachusetts gun dealer, and then you guys would complete the paperwork at the at the gun shop. So uh, easy enough to do, happens all the time, no big deal. So hopefully that helps, Matt, uh, Ed, and we'll, we'll take care of you if you can't find a gun store near you to do it. All right, thank you, Ed. Now, Toby, please tell people where they can visit you in person and call you if they have any questions, and also where they can listen to you. Yeah, thank you, Grace. Um, we've been having a Tremendous success with our Sunday show. It's a live show from noon to one on WXDK here in, on Cape Cod. If you live too far to listen to it on the radio, you can always stream it on the iHeartRadio app 
or you could always go over to rapidfireradio.us and get signed up to be notified whenever we go live because sometimes we do some oddball bonus shows during the week or our regularly scheduled podcast and live streams on Wednesday from 4 to 6. So you can always catch that after as a replay or listen to it live and interact with me on the chat or give us a call as well. Um, and we'd love to see you down at Cape Gunworks. You can uh, come on down. We're on 96 Airport Road in Hyannis, right right in downtown Hyannis. And we have a beautiful state-of-the-art facility. You can take a class, get your license to carry class done and uh, shoot on our range or make a purchase. We have tons of inventory right now, tons of ammo. And uh, so we're really well stocked. And, and um, last but not least, you can always visit us online at capegunworks.com and uh, follow us on social media. We'd love to have you guys uh, interact with us there. You go to at Cape Gunworks or at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you get your social media, we're there and uh, putting out daily content. And I uh, would love to interact with you there as well. So thanks so much, Grace, for having me. I appreciate it. And we'll certainly see you next week. Thank you very much, Toby Leary. We always appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. When we come back, we're going to talk to Howie Carr. I really want to ask him his take on the latest uh, chapter of the Willis Wade testimony and this disqualification hearing. And there's actually a headline in the Boston Globe of all places by Joan Vernocchi. It says, Healy Willis and the dangers of hiring someone you slept with. I want to ask Howie about this. Don't go anywhere. Um, and But before we go to break, I want to let you know, you know, I talk a lot about all my cooking endeavors. Sometimes I'm cooking up chicken, pork chops, steak, salmon, and it's wonderful. It really is. I'm getting a lot better. But that doesn't mean that when I'm done cooking that I want that smell lingering around. I, I want to clear out the house. I want it to seem like nobody's ever cooked there ever before. And that's where the thunderstorm comes into play. The thunderstorm is an awesome device. It doesn't cover up odors. It eliminates them. It's going to get rid of any odors in your house, in your car, in your basement, in your office, whether it be pets, tobacco smells, musty basement odors. The thunderstorm can tackle it all. And with the three-pack... You can put them everywhere, and you can give one to a friend if you want. Now, we had a caller, Candace. She called in, and she said, you know, my husband was a non-believer, plugged in the thunderstorms after we got our furnace serviced, and he was amazed at how effective they were. That's a story that I've heard so many times at this point. People are oftentimes very surprised. They're pleasantly surprised at how quickly and how effective the thunderstorms are. These are small devices. They don't take up any floor space, but they are powerful. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Check out the three-pack special. It's the perfect size. Like I said, it's it's barely the size of a computer charger, so you're not going to have you know a big machine on the floor that you have to step over. It comes in handy. And with a three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, your your office, even your car. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com, and the code is GRACE and the number 3. EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE and the number 3. Don't go anywhere. Follow GRACE on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. 
Here's the headline from an opinion piece in the Boston Globe. Healy, Willis, and the dangers of hiring someone you slept with. Unfortunately for Terrence Bradley, Wade's former law partner and divorce attorney, he's he's coming face-to-face with those dangers as well. Howie, can you kind of break down for the audience, because I was confused by this, why is he back and why is Judge McAfee deciding... Actually, attorney-client privilege is not going to be your get-out-of-jail-free card here. Well, he he claimed that he couldn't speak to what he had told uh, Mike Roman, one of the co-defendants' lawyers, about how he knew that they were sleeping together because he had realized or someone had told him that he was the divorce lawyer, so it was covered by attorney-client privilege. So the uh, so so the the uh, the defense, Trump's people, and all the other lawyers for the defense. They, they went through and they said, look, here's some stuff that he said, here's some stuff that's in the filings, and here's what he told us, and we have him on tape, and he, said, and he has texts dating before he became the official divorce lawyer and got the attorney-client privilege. So they gave all that information to, uh, to the judge, McAfee, and he, he saw it in, in camera, in the courtroom, in private. And uh, he looked at it and he said, you, you're not covered under attorney-client. you got to come back and uh, cough it up. And that's what's happening this afternoon. Yeah, and the timing of it works out very well for you, Howie, because it's happening right now. <laughs> I think you'll have some cuts. Howie, I want to ask you one more question here. This is a local story, and obviously I'm biased for people who don't know. I live in Milton, so I've been following this. But there was a vote in Milton, and, and the voter said, we, we don't want this MBTA community zoning housing going up in Milton. And at first I thought, well, Howie's always taught me that if the if the Democrats don't get what they want, they'll just keep putting it up for a vote until the no people stay right. home one time. But now I'm thinking it says A.G. Campbell looks to high court to force Milton to comply with MBTA Communities Act. So what was the point of the vote? There was there was no point of the vote. I mean, this is the this is the way they operate. They uh, this is this is the results of a one party state. And again, this is why uh, why we have to keep the Republican Party alive on Tuesday by voting against all of these uh, Jim Jones, uh, Jeff Deal, Rick Green, Kool Aid cult candidates. I mean, they they wrecked the. This is why we're in this situation. They had control of the party for four years. They wrecked it. And I, I know it's an obscure office, and you know it's just like normally a board of directors. You know a public pool, you know, rubber stamping something. But they, they took it and they used it to wreck the entire party. And now, now we're having to undergo this terrible thing, with not just with these, uh, you know, the terrible uh, imperious decisions, but also the flop houses, all the illegal aliens swarming into the state, the 80% increase in the, uh, in the tax, the fact that the services are all falling apart. It's, it's a disaster. We've got to keep the, this state a two-party state. Howie Carr's got that and so much more. Plus, as I mentioned, Terrence Bradley is on the stand as we speak, so I'm sure he'll have a lot of that sound as well. We'll be back tomorrow, everybody. Have a good night.